Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kicks and Picks podcast. Coach Sheep here with Scotty and Nick. Back from the international break. If you didn't check it out last week, we did do our quarter of the season episode talking about Serie A and the Premier League. So if you want to catch up on that before matches kick off, we, we discussed the big storylines. We updated the futures and all that jazz. Well, teams were on break and things really got interesting in Italy. I mean, it wouldn't be the Serie A, it wouldn't be the Italian league without controversy, Nick. I mean, Fabrizio Corona apparently is blowing up everybody's spot. I mean, I mean, what what do you make of this whole controversy? I mean, Fajoli is the one that started it from Juve. He pretty much fessed up to it. I, the latest thing I saw today, he admitted he had $3 million in, in gambling Whoa. debts. Uh, this is a pretty young player. Yeah, I just saw that um, $3 million is what was reported. So he has clearly um, not been listening to kicks and picks because that dude is $3 million in the hole. He's making awful fucking bets. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that he was losing that money prior to us starting the show and maybe he started tuning in and, and cut a little bit off Ooh. the top. But yeah, tough tough spot for him. He's not even a guy who's probably making $3 million a season. So um, he kind of got the ball rolling on this whole thing by coming out with it um that he had a gambling problem and and working with authorities and then this this guy corona who um from what i've read i don't know too much about him prior to this he's kind of like a paparazzi in a sense for football and uh he's been name dropping um now the big names coming out are sandro tonali and nicolo zaniolo who both went to the premier league on big transfers especially tonali this this offseason, and now names like uh, Stefan El Shirari, Federico Gatti, and Nicolo Casali have been dropped, but none of those three are under investigation, according to authorities, at least at the moment. So, really, the big news, obviously, Fajoli because he started it, but it's really Tonali and Zaniolo, Scott. I mean, Tonali was a huge purchase for Maybe Newcastle. Man. I mean, they, they were relying on him, and now we're not sure because he even admitted to potentially gambling on his own matches at Milan. Yeah, would be a real shame if he faced some sort of punishment that prevented him from playing for Newcastle. Would be a real shame. Would would hate to see it. Team of the pod, don't do that. I mean, I I, <laughs> I I think the backbreaker here is if he did bet on his own matches, that's a problem, right? We we you know we all talk well, about gambling here, but I think it's a when problem. It comes to a player, you can't be betting if right. you're a professional athlete because then it opens you up to like that that issue or you, if you have substantial debts, then you start making decisions. And even if you're not the one gambling on your team, you might be willing to do things right. for others that can help alleviate those mm-hmm. debts. So I don't yes. care. It's a, it's a, it's a full stop for me. You can't, if you're a professional athlete, you're making tons yep. of money. Don't gamble. Wait until you retire. If, yeah. if Nick can um, wait 15 years for Florida to legalize that, state gambling, these professional athletes can <laughs> wait eight fact. years for their career to be over. Um, <laughs> definitely fact. No, yeah. I mean, listen, we see yeah. how hard a line they took on Ivan Tony. Um, I feel like it's not going to be good for these guys in the Premier League. Um, news to me about Fajoli. First of all, before I even get into it, uh, open invite for any of these three players or Fabrizio Corona to come on the show. If you guys want to take us through the story, kicks and picks exclusive as the number one Serie A betting show, you guys can come on in Premier League betting show. Um Fuck three million dollars. That's that's unreal. Uh, did not did yeah. not realize that. So I I've been making the joke pretty much all week that you know you, you listen to Juve fans. Well, good for him. He came forward. He's cooperating. He should get a lesser sentence. Well, my I immediately thought of a Rod. Right? Like yeah, a Rod started cooperating once he got caught. Why are we giving him any credit? The fact that this dude was three million in the hole. Maybe he did actually 
come forward and confess and say he has a problem. So I may have been wrong on that. I guess we'll, we'll wait for the facts to come out, but to Scotty's point, number one, no, no way should you let yourself get that far in the hole. That's, I mean, that's beyond ridiculous. Um, I know people have problems and, um, you know, I'm not excusing it, but man, that's, that's brutal. Um, and then he started snitching on all his boys. So like, this dude just looks awful all the way around. I mean, I, I can't imagine there's one person defending him at this point in time because he's the one who threw Tonali under the bus. Uh, I th- he said he introduced him to yeah, the game. Yeah, uh, he put the app on my phone. Got that referral okay, code. Dude. Yeah, yeah. You didn't know how to use the app store. My bad. Um, so he just looks like a piece of shit all the way around. His career, like, I don't know how you come back from this. I don't know how anybody trusts you. Um, it's going to be wild the next couple of days and weeks to see this unfold. Yeah, and I, I think you said it perfectly because obviously we're giving out picks here, but any gambling you do with our picks, we you know want you to do responsibly. We don't want anybody to go beyond their means. I think that's the important thing is, right? You have to know your limits. And obviously, if certain people have an addiction, as, as, as you may call it, then it's hard to stay within those means. But that's certainly not something we condone or, or endorse here on the pod. I think that's that has to go. Uh, that has to be said. Now, Tonali... Um, if he's found guilty of betting on his own Milan matches, he could face a three-year ban from what I read. Um, but a plea agreement could possibly bring it down to 12 months is what's being reported. Now, we don't know how factual all of these things are because there's new things coming out every day uh, until we hear it from the horse's mouth, which is the authorities themselves and, and the decisions they make. We don't know. But, I mean, I'm even thinking from an Italy perspective, Nick. When you think of Tonali, uh, you think of Zaniola. Now, Zaniola's star has fallen a bit in recent years. But these were two guys about three years ago, who were supposed to be the saviors of the Italian national team. And now, not only one, but possibly both could be suspended for a lengthy amount of time. Any amount of time right now for Italy is a problem, especially when you look at what Italy did against England yesterday, right? If they qualify for the Euros uh, come November when they play their next two qualifiers, they could be going to Euro 2024 without probably some would say their best midfielder. they're, They're in trouble. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we don't have time on this podcast to get into their fucking struggles. We could spend the whole two hours on that. Um, but yeah, no, it's bad. And, and the one question I have, what happened with, uh, Paqueta? He's still playing, right? Like he was, was he cleared of his investigation or is that still ongoing? Cause I'm sorry, just his name popped into my head. He was under investigation for like betting on himself and getting cards. No, and it, shit was, like that. He, it was his like cousin in Brazil was betting on him to get cards. I mean, it's, it's linked to him, but you know, it wasn't necessarily him directly. I don't know what's, what the full investigation is, but if, if it's anything like the Tony investigation, I mean that the Tony investigation took months and months, yeah, not like close to a year. So, okay. Yeah. That, I so that, that, I mean, I guess that's time. the point I was trying to make to, to back up what Steve was saying, like, man, this happened quickly and punishments are like being handed out relatively quickly. So, um, I, I mean, I guess the earlier they get punished, the better, but yeah, Steve, I don't expect to see these guys in, in blue anytime soon. Do you have like the tinfoil? I'm not saying you specifically, but do you see any validity to like the the tinfoil hat conspiracies of like, oh, maybe this has been known about for a while, and that's why you saw some of these players getting sold to England because the clubs were aware yes. of what may yes. have been coming down the pipeline. Absolutely. So uh, the the one thing I'll say, Zaniolo, Zaniolo, I say no, oh, no so much dude. because he went to Turkey yeah. to begin with. He's a nobody. I, I think that was him just looking for an in, in, into a, a big five league again. I mean. I don't want to say that Milan knew. I think Milan needed cash, um, but it, it is convenient timing. I, I was just uh, my general 
opinion on all of this is listen, you're going to see a lot of wild far-fetched stories in the media. We already have, right. It's, it's gone up and down, but like news first broke and everybody's like, no, no way. I don't believe it. No way. He wasn't, he couldn't have done this. No, he couldn't have bet on his own games. No, he couldn't have told on his team. Like we've seen it with Pete Rose, right. In the U S like we know gamblers, we are gamblers to an extent, right? Like there's always a lot of truth behind what's going on here. Like there's nothing too far fetched that would, I would be like, Oh no, wait, nope, that nope. Can't be true. Like, when you're in the whole three million fucking dollars, if that's true, I don't care if it's three hundred thousand for a dude like I mean, like nothing's going to surprise me at this point in time. I think there's probably a lot more truth that we don't know about. I think that's really where I'm trying to go with this. Yeah, and I think the truth will will never fully be known unless individuals come out and and speak their truth as to what they were doing. I mean, uh, Gatti Casali and El Shari all spoke through the lawyers today, saying that there is no truth to it and until they're proven guilty and they're not even under investigation, I, I think it's hard to prove they've done anything. So to me, uh, guilty until, until proven innocent. And I think that's how the leagues are going to handle it. But when something comes out like the Tonali situation and, and the Fajoli one, they're going to act quickly. Now I wanted to get your opinion too, because you know, you watch these, these games here in the U S you watch an NFL game on a Sunday or an NHL MLB game on, even on a weeknight. I mean, I was just watching the Islanders last night main sponsor in between periods, FanDuel's. You see DraftKings commercials pop up. You see Bet365. You see uh, Caesars. You see you see all these betting apps, right? And if you look in Europe where there's jersey sponsors, you, a been lot doing of teams it for years. you see. Yep. You've been, well, way longer than it's been here in the U.S., right? For for a while in the U.S., you pretty much had to be in Vegas to, to bet on sports legally, right? In Europe, I, as long as I can remember watching these leagues, I've been watching them for a decade and a half now, probably. And for at least a decade of it, I recall some of the main shirt sponsors as being betting sponsors. I remember Milan had B-Win for, for how long, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of these other companies. So I'm not saying the players are justified in any way on betting on football because the point you guys made, right? Then it can affect the matches and, and that just ruins the, the game for everyone, not even just the betters, just for the casual viewer. But... I think the leagues have to look in the mirror a bit too and say, you know, we're poor. And obviously for a a league like Italy and some of these countries that are uh, rather these teams that are in financial difficulty, you're going to take the sponsorships where you can get them from. But it's kind of like you have to look yourself in the mirror a little bit. Like we're taking all this money from them, but then at the same time, we don't condone gambling to an extent. So it's like, yeah, listen. And the, Where's the line? The other question is how clear are the rules, right? I don't know. I don't know the the players' association or whatever they're you know put together. I think the rules probably are clear. Should be clear. Are they enforced? Like those are the two questions, right? So I, I think from here going forward, there obviously will be a very hard line drawn, and it's uh, you know to your point, Steve. It's not gonna go away the promotion of this is not going to go away it's only going to get bigger and better we're going to quadruple our listeners you know i hope in the next couple of months like that that should just that trajectory should go forever and ever because this is new it's exciting um it you know leagues are behind it um but it's i don't know like you can't tell me this is the first time these these just to me seem like some of the first guys that have been caught now that it's so widespread I, i think that's you know, to, to your point, right? Coach, my, my counterpoint to that, though, is like, you know, even if leagues say, all right, we're not going to promote this, I, I still think it it doesn't 
you know, change the behavior of how the players, like the players that are going to do this are going to do this regardless of, you know, who's on the front of their shirt. Um, and like you said, like at, at the end of the day, if, if these gambling companies are funneling money that can help the clubs, you know, improve, I know in Italy, it's a little different, but like improve infrastructure, improve, you know, player salaries, improve, you know, recruiting, improve the, the development of, of the younger players. Like, I think it all is fair. Um, it, it's hard to put a hard line and say, you know, you know, we don't condone this for our players. So therefore we're not going to like, you know, take their money for marketing. I think it just has to be, you know, if you're playing for a club, you're collecting money and you're trying to play professionally, like you have to understand there's going to be certain restrictions that you can't do. Yeah. And it's that you're going to be held to a higher standard too than the rest of the population. And it doesn't just sit at gambling, right? It's going to sit, you know, at, at pretty much all, you know, illicit activities, right? If someone's out like, you know, Grealish gets made fun of all the time because he's always out drinking and, and partying and um, it's totally normal behavior for a 22 to 25 year old to be doing in England, but because he's a professional athlete, there's an, an extra level of scrutiny. So I, I think it's all fair. It just needs to, yep. you know, be like, like Nick, Nick said, make more clear to players exactly like what the lines are. And it's, I'm sorry, Scott, to piggyback off what you're saying. It, we don't live in 2006 anymore, 2000, yeah. uh, 1996, whatever. Like, dude, this is 2023. The internet is a thing. So like people are out there, there's cameras everywhere. Like you're not going to get away with shit. I don't like, if you're a famous athlete, I don't know. It's it's like Tiger Woods, bro. Like you didn't think people were going to recognize you out with these chicks at some point. Like you're not going to get away with it. So um, be smart. Yeah. And, and I think too, the, the thing is, you know, um, Dragusin, the, the Romanian who plays for Genoa now, you know, admitted that he loaned money to Fajoli, but didn't know what it was for. Like if, if you're loaning someone large sums of money, like you don't ask, bro, like, is everything all right? Like, why do you need probably tens or hundreds of thousands of euros at that point if he's three million in, in the hole, right? And then I think the other concern in a country like Italy has to come down. If guys are betting this amount of money, they're probably not all doing it on apps or through legal channels, right? And we know when things are done illegal in Italy, it often uh, involves the mafia to some extent or Cosa Nostra or whatever you want to call it. Um, the Gamora, if you're in Naples. So I think it also leads to like, do they have their tentacles, so to speak? In yeah. This, professional this was football, with like right? illegal Serbians, right. Or something like that. Yeah. Like it was through like some Serbian syndicate. I could swear I read. I didn't see, but it, it makes you, it makes you think there's yeah. someone behind it. Right. Cause if you're, if you're a professional athlete who's doing this and you know, you're not supposed to be, and you have a real problem, you're probably doing it in a somewhat shady way, right? So I think that's that's the other concern, I think, is are there other factors at work here that could be affecting matches and, and, and the way things go? So, I mean, I think we could end there unless you guys have anything to add on it, but it's definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks, and especially from a sporting standpoint, how does it affect Newcastle? How does it affect Aston Villa? How does it affect anyone on the peninsula? Uh, in terms of suspensions, because some of these guys are, are big names, uh, Tonali at the top of the list. So we'll keep an eye on it, but we do have to move into the weekend action. Uh, we'll start in the Premier League. There's a there's a couple of big matches around Europe, so we're going to feature one in England, one in Italy, and actually we'll start in Serie A on this one. So it's Juve at Milan. Top of the table clash pretty much. Milan enter on 21 points, first in the league. Juve joint third on 17 points. Milan enters unbeaten in their last six in all competitions, four wins, uh, two draws, and both of those draws were scoreless ones in the Champions League. They've, they've been winning uh, straight through in Serie A since their loss after the last international break, which came at the hands of Inter, where they got absolutely hammered, and it looked like Inter might be the clear favorite. So now here we are with Milan at the top. 
Juve also unbeaten in three straight, two wins and a draw. Uh, but head-to-head, this one surprised me when I was doing my research. Milan's unbeaten in five straight league matches against Juve, three wins and two draws, and they swept last season's series. 2-0 win at the San Siro, 1-0 win at the Allianz. So just to set the stage from a betting perspective, Juve plus 220 on the money line. The draw also plus 220. Milan plus 115. And remember, they're at home. This is at the San Siro. Draw no bet. Juve plus 135. Milan minus 175. The over is plus 115 right now, over two and a half. And the under minus 150. So, Nick, I'll start with you. What jumps out at you there? What are you thinking heading into this one in terms of form, in terms of overall squad, whatever is going on? And I guess it's important to mention absences. Mike Magnan and Theo Hernandez suspensions for Milan. Um, they still have a couple issues in the midfield. Loftus-Cheek is still out. Krunic is still out. Uh, Benacer has been out for a while. Juve sweating out the health of Laovic and Chiesa just to, to paint the picture a little bit. Yeah, I think that's probably why this number is so close. I, I think Milan are clearly a better team. They've been better recently. I think um, it's funny. We all went through our picks. We went through the, the pod lock, the game of the week. Shocked that what we didn't all just come to a consensus and take Milan money line because I think that plus 115 is a fantastic number to take. Um, it's their game to lose. You know, you mentioned it, Juve. Uh, if one or both of Lavich and Kiesa are hurt, I just don't see where the goals are going to come from. Um, that's really, you know, I can't see past that. I don't see Juve getting more than one goal in this game. They're going to have to play a perfect game. They're going to have to look really good on defense because Milan has been, um, they've been great. They're creating probably the most chances per game in the league. Even those two scoreless draws you mentioned in the champions league, they had double digit shots in both of those games. Um, they, they're, they're looking great. Um, you know, Pulisic, he had, he's coming off of another couple goals um, off of the, you know, the international break. He's going to be happy. The thing I did see today and I, I cannot substantiate it, but um, not, not okay for the other dude they brought in. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, yeah yeah the forward the forward um oh um i can't pronounce the last name jacuzzi thank you but the guy from Villarreal. yes from Villarreal. uh i heard that he may be hurt he may not feature in this game and so i mean that's a little something you're you're maybe limiting the options off the bench but i think milan probably get off to a fast start in this one i could see them rolling out to a one two goal victory I think the reason why I wouldn't take Milan money line in this one, Nick, is this one feels very much like a draw game to me. I think, you know, Good. the under, as coach just listed it, under is minus 150 because I think scoring opportunities are going to be few and far between for both sides. We know how wasteful Milan have been in front of goal, and, and we know how Juve are, are typically set up. So they're not going to have necessarily the, the bounty full of chances that they've been getting in the last few matches. So this one, to me, it feels very much like you could see a goalless draw or, you know, if Milan do get one, do they do the thing that we all hate when we're, you know, betting on a team with a one goal lead and sit back for the last 10, 15 minutes, you know, uh, invite the pressure and then give up a shitty deflection or, or corner kick goal that just ruins your, your, your pick. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think Milan are winning this by, by multiple goals. If, if they do win this one, I think it's a one goal win and in likely a clean sheet. Um, but I'm also not the Serie A experts that you guys are. So, I mean, I might just be the guy coming in looking at no, it what, I, the matches I that I've seen. I think that's fair. And listen, Juve, like for whatever we want to say about them, 
they've been good. They're only four points back, right? They've they've looked pretty solid against the teams, you know, that they've faced. Their defense has been good. And, um, you know, Manyan's out. I mean, you know, it could be one good scoring chance that he would typically save. Maybe he doesn't get saved in this game. I mean, is that the difference between the win and the draw? Very well could be. I think the one thing is they did upgrade, though, with Sportiello over Tataransu, uh, no who's their back of the last few years. I think he is a more of a solid backup, could probably even start for some of the like teams in the kind of relegation fight. Like he's He's been that kind of keeper his whole career. Um, so I think that helps. I think the under being at minus 150 says a lot about this match, because especially if Kiesa and Vlaovic are out, we're still waiting to get word on if they'll feature. I did see Vlaovic could make it back for this one earlier today. You know, Juve was always probably going to try to play this one tight on the road. But I think they have to play it even tighter now. Um, You know, it it looks like Vlaovic will at least be available on the bench, most likely. But, you know, even then, how much can he give you coming off an injury? He didn't go to Serbia camp. Uh, Chiesa got sent back from Italy camp. Now there's the controversy with Fajoli swirling around the squad. You know, even though it's not, it doesn't seem to involve too many Juve players. Gatti's name has been brought up. He's a projected starter on defense. You know, is there any distraction for him? Um, I do like Milan in this one. I think the money line is is the way to go. The Drono bet's unplayable pretty much at the number it's at. Um, but I do expect it to be a tight match. Um, I think the, the biggest issue Milan's had, you, you mentioned it, they don't finish their chances. They're going to have to be a little more clinical against a team like Juve because Juve can defend pretty well. Uh, we've seen that plenty from them, especially in the Allegri years. I mean, th- this this has one nothing, maybe a 1-1, 2 nothing. I don't, I don't see it going over unless Juve scores first and Milan right. can find a way. I mean, I think if someone scores early, it could happen. You're not going to bet the under at minus 150 anyway. Right. I think I think if you're going to bet something like that, maybe you go – I mean, I didn't, you, you can't even touch it because you're not going to go under two. So it's, it's untouchable. So it, it's, yeah. it's definitely tough. But I think the form of players like Pulisic, of Leao, I think could be the difference here. Yeah. I'm curious to see how the midfield does um, because you do have – Loftus-Cheek out, who, who yeah. got off to a good start for them. You know, Benacer has been out since the beginning of the season. He's He's been an important piece for them in the past couple seasons. And then even Krunic got hurt, who filled in for Loftus-Cheek. So Adley comes in again. He played last match. Yeah, he, he, was, he was pretty player. solid, though. He the was la- pretty good, right? He looked good. I know um, our friend Martino is very high on him. Um, Reinders has been pretty Reinders awesome. Reinders has been, yep. From so, what everything I read and see, he's been... Highly rated by Milan fans. I, I, I mean, the two Americans in midfield could be important in this one, right? You have Musa for Milan and you have McKenny for Juve. Can one of them make yeah. a difference? Because we know we're getting from Locatelli and Rabiot in the Juve yeah. midfield, right? I, I think if Milan gets the first goal in this game, they're not they're not losing the game. I think um, that that's just kind of my prevailing thought. I mean, I, I do like them on the money line. I probably will be placing that bet. Um, actually, definitely will be placing it. But I, I think... Um, if they score first, you know, draws like the worst possible result they get. I, I think so. I, it's hard, especially without Chiesa or Vlaovic starting. I, I think that puts a lot of pressure on Juve to defend even more than they, they normally would have to. Um, I think the one place that maybe they can attack Milan is down that left, Milan's left flank, where Florenzi's probably playing left back. Mm. He's He's not a traditional fullback. He's been played there for quite some years now. But normally when he played at Roma and, and even at Milan early on, it was on the right side. Um, him having to play the left side is yep. is a little bit awkward for me. 
um, doesn't defend great to begin with. And I, I, Kostic maybe can, can push that wing a bit. Maybe they can, they can push it with Wea and Kostic and maybe they can make something happen there. Um, but it's, it's going to be difficult. I think, I think it's going to be difficult for Juve. And I think they'd be happy to come out of this with a draw if they can get it. I, I'm guessing this is going to be a much more boring game than people will hope for, right? I, I feel like you're going to w- walk yeah. away from watching this and be like, man, that sucked. I think if Allegri has his way, that's what we will get. Yeah. All right, so let's move to the big one in the Premier League this week. That one is the London Derby, uh, one of many London Derbies, of course. But this one features Arsenal at Chelsea. Arsenal joint top of the table without a loss so far this season, coming off that massive win against City at the Emirates, where they got that late goal from Martinelli. Chelsea is sitting in 11th, but with back-to-back wins heading into the break. Their scoring troubles may have turned the corner with six goals combined in those wins after three-match goalless streak. Arsenal have won four consecutive derbies in a row, and Chelsea's last win was in August of 2021 in this head-to-head. Um, some game-time injury decisions, big ones in this one. For Arsenal, it's Saka, Trussard, and Saliba. Chelsea has Palmer, Disasi, Fetashili, uh, Jackson, and Broha out. So the bigger injuries, of course, are on the Arsenal side, um, especially the Saka one and the Trussard. It, it limits the attack a little bit, but I'll let Scotty get into that in a second. Just to give you the lines, we have Arsenal plus 135 on the money line. Remember, they're on the road, plus 135. Draw plus 225, and Chelsea plus 195 money line at home. Draw no bet, Arsenal minus 145, and Chelsea plus 110. The over, 2.5, minus 110, under minus 115. I think a lot of that total has to do with uh, Chelsea style of play more than Arsenal's probably Scott. Yeah, and I think now is a good time to hit a plug. You know, we've we kind of covered this match in the Juve match over on HappyHourSports.net, and and I'll kind of spoil the the you know the bottom line here. I think this game to try to cap now midweek is, is near impossible because the, the the international break isn't over yet. There's going to be updates coming on these you know game time injuries um, for for both clubs, and I think you know if two or three of these players are actually available to go when, you know, the expectation right now is, is the vast majority of them aren't. Um, I think that'll change, you know, the, the, you know, outlook of this game significantly, right? Like if, if it comes out that, you know, Saka and Saliba are both ready to go and they're going to play through whatever they're dealing with. then yeah, I think Arsenal's line at plus 135 drops down to much closer to even money. Um, whereas if, if it's confirmed that they're out and then you hear Cole Palmer and, and Broha and, and, and maybe even DeSassi, who's been playing a little bit better, uh, are available, then I think, you know, you might see Chelsea kind of pull it in a little bit closer to a 50-50. Um, but with that said, I mean, we can talk about the form, you know, Arsenal undefeated. They're, they're the clear, you know, favorites in this matchup. I think the lines are just kind of indicative of like the book's uncertainty right now over exactly who's going to be available. Um The one thing that we've kind of mentioned about Arsenal, though, is like, yeah, they're undefeated right now. They're, they're top of the table, but... You know, a lot of their wins haven't exactly been like the prettiest of wins. And, you know, the, the old saying is like, you know, a, you know, a, a dirty win is still three points. And, you know, it, that was mm-hmm. the kind of the games that maybe make the difference between a, a title winning side and a side that finishes just outside of the Champions League spots. So they're doing what they need to be, you know, do. It just kind of has this sense of like, all it takes is one or two things to kind of go wrong and maybe the wheels fall off, which, you know, could be their, their current, you know, mini injury crisis. So, um, with that said, I mean, I, I don't hate Chelsea here. Um, I think they've kind of, you know, figured some things out. If Cole Palmer is available, he kind of seems to be uh, a bit of a, a solution for them right now in terms of like actually generating goals. Um, Jackson, 
looked like he was maybe turning a quarter a little bit. He, he got he got a goal in in his the the last match against Burnley right before break. If he can get going, then I think their outlook looks a lot different because you know Raheem Sterling has been carrying this you know scoring load for Chelsea all season long, and he's having a great season, but. He's needed somebody to kind of step up and, uh, you know, if, if one or two of those guys are actually become viable, consistent players that can build some sort of, you know, rapport with, with Sterling, then all of a sudden this attack that's generated, you know, very, very few goals. I think they, they have 11 goals on the season, but six have come in those two matches. If that all of a sudden becomes a, you know, an output of, of maybe two goals a game, then yeah, Chelsea become a very different side than we've seen for the last year. Yeah. I'll kind of agree with Scott here. I think, um, Listen, a lot of the injuries unknown coming out of a very lengthy layoff and international break is another unknown. Um, it kind of, you know, I, I tend to side with the home team with better odds, uh, right? Or more favorable odds. Um, so a Chelsea draw no bet at plus 110 to me is pretty solid. I, I think this is, uh, you know, listen, Arsenal is the better side. They should win. But like in this instance, I give Chelsea a better chance to win this game than I give Juve to win at Milan. Uh, and, and these, you know, it's like kind of a similar, similar setup. Um, so yeah, I, I think the home field advantage is big in this one. I, I, I'm torn on the over. I don't know which way to go. I, I mean, because we haven't seen either team really light the lamp, so to speak, but. I could also see this being like a three, two game because why wouldn't it be right? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's really, like you said, this is, it's the marquee game, probably the hardest game to handicap in the whole slate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think you have to wait probably a little longer to make wagers on this one. We're recording on Wednesday. The match is on Saturday afternoon. I, I, I you know, Eastern time U S so I think you do have to wait. You have to kind of see what soccer status is like, what's, what's Troussard looking like, who's starting an attack for, for Arsenal along with Martinelli and, and Gabriel Jesus. Um, and I think Chelsea too, like their injury list is, is a mile long, right? It's like, if you took the roll of toilet paper and just kept on rolling it and rolling it, like you, you look at their injury list on live score, you know, potential injuries. And it's like 15 deep. Obviously they have a very deep side and they've spent a lot of money and brought a lot of players, but eventually those catch up with you. Um, but I, I agree with Nick at the, to the point that I think they have the better chance of pulling an upset or at least getting a result than Juve does because they are at home. Um, they have a little momentum heading into this one. Arsenal, I think, has a little more momentum because they they kind of uh, they kind of defeated the team that was their biggest stumbling block last year in City, and I think that'll carry some momentum. I think I would have felt a little bit better about Arsenal if it wasn't the international break in between that City win. I think they kind of. I don't want to say it derails the momentum, but it kind of sidetracks it a little bit. And um, this this one is tough tough to handicap. But, you know, I do like Arsenal to win, but it's not going to be so clear-cut, I think, as, as it, the odds suggest. It's like a classic letdown game, right? You just – I mean, granted, it's three weeks ago or two weeks ago at this point. You know, you, you gave everything you had. You beat City. And now here comes Chelsea, 11th place Chelsea, who can't get out of their own way, right? Um. I don't know. I'd just be scared. Yeah, uh, I agree with all that. You know, I think the one thing Arsenal have going for them, uh, it sounds like of the players listed, Saliba is probably the most likely to play. Um, and with him and 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 um, you know Gabriel and at back, um, they've been playing really well defensively. I think their defense has uh, created or you know allowed the fewest uh, clear cut chances in the Premier League so far this season. Um, we know Chelsea 
have been wasteful leading, you know, up until those, you know, two wins they had in terms of, of you know, goals scored and, and opportunities, you know, similar to Milan. Um, so in that regard, like the under two and a half at minus 115 might be the play, especially if it's, you know, two teams kind of limping into the, you know, match and, um, you know, obviously haven't had a whole lot of practice time with the international break leading up to it. So that might be the play. But, you know, I, I don't want to spoil my pick, but I, I, I there is one pick that I think I, I have to make. And so I'm making it as a lock. Um, which we can get to in a little bit, but it, it's just really tough because, you know, everything about this feels weird. It just feels like the books know something again. And it usually, I usually try to avoid those matches. Yeah. It, sometimes they do feel like they know more than us, right? We're going to get into the picks in just a second. Just a couple other Premier League matches that are kind of on the radar this this weekend. I think Brighton City's a big one. See how legit Brighton is. And it, has City gotten over their back-to-back losses? Um, you know, Merseyside is this weekend. Of course, that's always big for Scotty. Ours, um, you know, Liverpool's been way better than Everton of late, but it's still always a fun one. It's a derby match. Um, those two jump out at me, and we'll get into some more in our our locks. Uh, anything else you guys are looking at this weekend to to maybe keep an eye on in, in any of the leagues? No, it's a good slate of games, man. On the Premier League, you got Villa, West Ham. Uh, you know, Tottenham. That's another lo- one I missed. That one, yeah. Tottenham's looked good. Um, we're gonna have some relegation specials it looks like so definitely a good slate better slate in england than there is in italy yeah outside of the the big head-to-head in italy there, there's not much uh to look forward to except maybe some goals hopefully in, in some of those matches so let's get into our hat trick of picks just to recap last week before the international break we were seven two and one up 5.65 units that was much needed after two rough weeks on the season now we're 41 37 and two up 6.3 units so not where we want to be, but definitely trending in the right direction. After back the last to back so seven win weeks, sir. So, Scotty, start us off with our first winner of the weekend. Yeah, so it's it's the pick that I was alluding to. Um, I'm taking Arsenal money line plus 135 at Chelsea. Uh, I'm acknowledging it's probably a trap bet. I wrote it in, in the write-up for, for happyhoursports.net that I think the the square pick is is Arsenal and, and the sharp pick is what Nick said, um, Chelsea draw no bet. But at the end of the day, like it's it's the league leaders who are undefeated playing against Chelsea, who have largely been, you know, one of the I don't want to call them a joke, but like they've been at the butt end of the jokes for the last year, year and a half in terms of their performances yes. and, and what they've been, you know, putting out on the field. And so to get Arsenal at plus one thirty five is just an, a ridiculous number. Um and so yeah, it, it it certainly feels too good to be true, probably is too good to be true, but I can't pass that up because i think those are the times where as a square like you try to like be self-aware and you steer away from it and then those hit and you you kick yourself so um i gotta take it you know maybe maybe my guy you know gabriel jesus gets going here i took him as my long shot for the golden boot um maybe a little hat trick action here gets him right back into the fray after missing the first couple of weeks due to injury so uh i'm gonna you know continue to ride what what i expect from you know, the preseason and, and, and hope that, you know, recency bias is what's kind of controlling these lines. And, and maybe I'm just avoiding that altogether. And what I'll say, I think what we always try to say, you're getting the league leaders at plus money. Like you take that, you take it and you don't, you don't think twice, right? Like yeah. that to me is the advice for this game. Yeah. If they don't win, they don't win, but you put your chips in yeah. the best possible spot and it's the first place team at plus plus one thirty five. I think that's what it comes down to, right? There's certain teams you don't pass up good numbers on, especially plus money numbers. And, and in this situation, Arsenal is one of them. Yeah. And again, right, it's not like Arsenal's league. playing, yeah. 
you know, a top four team right now. It's they're, they're playing yeah. the 11th place team. So it, right. it just yeah. doesn't make sense. All right. So going from the first place team in the Premier League to the top of the table team, the Bundesliga, I'm going Bayer Leverkusen money line with my first pick. They're minus 140 at Wolfsburg. Uh, they're on fire to start the Bundesliga, having dropped just two points. Jabi Alonso's side leads the league on those 19 points and our joint top goals scored with 23 in seven matches. So they're scoring more than three per match on average. Wolfsburg has been terrible. I think they're seventh in the table, but have alternated wins and losses over their last five. And they don't score much, but just 10 and seven. I think Leverkusen's superior attack is enough to get the win on the road. Which worldwide is uh six and zero in his last six picks. So he was too modest to say that out loud. I'll say it for him. And um, yeah, dude, Wolfsburg is one of those teams though. Like if I'm, if I need them to do something, they screw me all the time. But I'm, I'm hoping that uh, Leverkusen takes it to him in this one. I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I don't usually go to minus 140 too often, but I just think that Leverkusen has been too good. Yeah, well, so I'll make you feel better because I also took a minus 140 pick when I was first looking at it. The odds have sh- since shifted in our favor. So that is Inter Milan money line minus 135. They are at Torino. Just on the edge of playable, as you were saying, coach, but we have to take the inform inter side. Only um, one blemish on their record so far this year. Torino stink. They're winless in their last four. They have yet to score more than one goal in any of their matches. When I looked at this, I had inter as like a minus 200 favorite or better. So just on basic principles, on value alone, we have to ride with inter. Um, I can't imagine they don't put two or three passes Torino side. This would have been an easy under game for me in, in years gone by, but yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Torino defense old is he has been hot, it. dude. Yeah. That's the other thing. All right. Um, second lock of the week for me. Nick is going to hate this pick, but I come with lots of reasons why, and hopefully I can convince him. But uh-huh. picking Everton double chance it's no. plus two twenty five no, at Liverpool. Uh, look, this is Everton Super Bowl. Whenever we talk about Everton so, going so, on, so wait, wait, I gotta, I gotta, what? I gotta pause you a second here. So yeah. you're basically betting that you're you're rooting actively rooting against your side to get three points here with this pick. Oh no, I just know that's going to happen because I nobody knows uh-huh. Liverpool better than me. So when I can take advantage of it, I do. Um, but yeah, uh, Everton Super Bowl is every season is playing Liverpool. Um, we talk about it like when Everton are in threat of being relegated, how, oh, it'd be sad that this club would go down. They have so much history, blah, 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 blah. But I've always said that they roll over for every other top four, top five club except for Liverpool, and they always show out. So I, that's the reason why I wouldn't mind seeing them go down. But uh, the other reason for this is Liverpool uh, are playing in, once again, the early time slot that Klopp hates so much on Saturday morning. Uh, they will not play probably most of their South American players. So that will be Darwin Nunez. there will be Luis Diaz. there will be Alexis McAllister. I imagine Allison will play because he's a goalie, but just a reminder that those guys won't actually be making it to Liverpool until Thursday afternoon, England time um, at the earliest. So they'll have basically 36 hours to kind of turn it around before the match. Um, and Everton are winners of three of their last four games. Uh, yeah. They're actually playing pretty well. So uh, I like the way that they're trending. Um, unfortunately, uh, I think this is a, a classic game where like they come out, you know, Sean Dyche is known for stacking the box. And I think they're going to do that again, just frustrate Liverpool. And we also know that Liverpool love conceding first, especially in the first half. So this really feels like a game where Liverpool come out. They don't play their you know best starting 11 because they're coming off of international duty. Everton get a sneaky first half goal. 
And then Liverpool spend the entire second half trying to break them down. Um, and maybe Liverpool get a, a draw out of it, right? Maybe they do get that late, you know, equalizer because Nunez comes on in the 80th minute. But it, it just feels like a game that Liverpool are going to drop points and Everton getting plus 225 odds for that is, is really, really good. One thing I'll just say, uh, you are correct. I do hate this bet. Um, I hate it for a lot of reasons. Number one, don't want you to be upset. Number two, um, it, it's more fun when Everton stink. Then I know we can get our boy Steve Cerruti back on the pod. But just it, throwing this out there to the betting world. Um, listen, Scotty's he's hit quite a few plus uh, 200 bets this year. So as coach, I'm not knocking the logic. I'm, I'm not knocking the, the value that he's trying to get for you all. You can take Everton on the spread plus one and a half goals is minus 115. I mean, that's a that's a pretty fucking good bet. Even if Liverpool pull out the one goal victory, you, you walk away with a winner. Just throwing it out there. I'm not saying change your lock. I'm just for the listeners. Uh, not a bad option. For his own mental health, right? Because then then if uh, his side wins, he doesn't lose money. And if his side doesn't win he still wins money so and if his side wins by two he could say shit man i handicapped it correctly and you know pool just they got that half a goal hook (laughs) all right i'm sticking in the bundesliga with my second one i'm going with the club that i've rid uh ridden to victories two weeks in a row stuttgart draw no bet even money at union berlin so last year's feel good story union host this year's feel good story stuttgart however at the moment the two are trending in complete opposite direction stuttgart has won six of seven and sits second in the table Union has lost five straight in the league oh. after back to w- back wins to open the season, making it seven straight L's in all competitions. Uh, I've cashed on Stuttgart, like I said, in back to back weeks. I love their value here at even money on the draw no bet. Don't you know get the protection against uh, a, a draw on the road. Union's defense, which was stout last season, uh, has conceded an average of two goals per match so far. Uh, for that reason, I think Stuttgart, led by Serhu Jirasi, who has 13 tallies, will be too much in Berlin. The guy has scored 13 yeah. times already in seven matches. It's insane. Crushing. All right. RIP Union, no longer the team of Coach Steve. But I am going to go to the actual team of Coach Steve, and that is Roma. They're taking on Monza. I like both teams to score in this one. Minus 115. Uh, first and foremost, Roma have found the form. Let's give credit where it's due. Lukaku has been a fucking menace over the last couple of weeks. I don't think anybody's surprised. Serie A obviously suits him, his age, and his skill set a lot better than England. So they're crushing. Um, but fortunately for all of us, they still do have Ari Patricio, who fucking stinks. Monza have scored in four of their last five games. I think that they snag one here. The uh, over was not a good value in this one. And, you know, to, to rely on either of these teams, even in the form Roma's in, to get two or three goals is, is a lot to ask. I think they get a goal each, minus 115. All right. I will close us out with the hottest pick that has been going on in this podcast for the last month, and that is going to be my money line parlay. Um this week, I'm going with Tottenham money line against Fulham and Manchester City money line against Brighton. It plays out at pays out at one plus one thirteen. Uh, look, Fulham have struggled in the month of September. We talked about them dealing with the loss of Mitrovic. They haven't quite really replaced them. Um, in September, they've lost to City five one. They've lost or they drew with Crystal Palace zero zero. Um, they lost to Chelsea two nothing. So not really a, a whole lot going on aside from some wins over Luton Town and uh, Sheffield United, who are the newly promoted clubs. So 
they're doing enough to stay out of the relegation battle, but they really don't pose much of a threat to any of these top teams. So I think Tottenham will roll here. Um, they played them on Monday, so we'll have to wait until Monday night to, to know for sure. Um, Manchester City on the other side, uh, coming off of back-to-back losses for the first time, I imagine, in uh, five years. I, I don't think they've ever lost three games a row under Pep, uh, so I don't see that happening here. Brighton have looked okay, but I don't know that they're going to pose much of a threat on the road to Manchester City. The one caveat is this is, I think, the final game of Rodri's suspension, and we've kind of seen just how vulnerable City are without you know De Bruyne and Rodri and, and Gundogan in that midfield. Um, obviously, Gundogan's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, he's enjoying his time over in Barca, but um, eventually Rodri will be back you know, from his suspension, and, and De Bruyne will be back and healthy, so... Uh, I think taking advantage of maybe a little extra juice on the Man City side right now just because of those injuries will will certainly pay dividends this week. All right. I'm going with Real Madrid with my next one. They're minus 120 at Sevilla right now. They topped the La Liga table with 24 points through nine league matches. The Merengues also boast the league's best defense and have conceded just six times. Meanwhile, Europa League specialist Sevilla are again off to a slow start domestically. Only eight points down at 14th in the La Liga table. Anytime you can get Real Madrid at this number, you have to take it. Minus 120 is too good to pass up on them, especially against an underperforming Sevilla side. Yeah. I mean, I think let's all be in agreement, too. If Coach didn't steal this, this is probably the podlock. <laughs> Fair. So, well done. I like it, Coach. Um, I, I'm going to have to go, unfortunately, to my team for the third one. Um, you know, been crushing in Serie A, so I wanted to stick in that league. We mentioned England. A lot of good games. Scotty probably made the best picks available. There wasn't much else. Going to go with Lazio. Lazio to score in the first half, minus 115 at Sassuolo. Um, uh, you know, I, I know what you guys are thinking. Lazio is off to kind of a slow start, but Sassuolo still exists. Their defense is still terrible. Lazio have scored in their last five first halves against Sassuolo. They've won the first half money line in four out of their last five against Sassuolo. And quite honestly, they were the best, or the be- if not the best, one of the top two or three first half teams in Serie A last year. I think, um, even, especially through the first half of the season, they had won like, it was something like 12 out of, you know, like 15 first halves or something crazy like that. So uh, they need to get off to a strong start. They're going to want to grab points in this game. I-, I think this is a good opportunity. And that's just um, a really good number for them to get a goal in the first 45. Yeah, I expect goals in this one. I think the over is in play. You probably got to go three, three and a half, but I think there should be goals in this one based on these were two of our original over easy sides. So goals should be coming. Um, Podlock, we are going to the Premier League for it this week, and it is Wolves draw no bet. They're plus 105 right now at Bournemouth. Uh, Wolves feel like they're better than the record indicates, especially after beating City two weeks ago. Uh, They're on eight points, I believe 14th in the table. Bournemouth has yet to win a match this season, has the lowest scoring attack in the league, just five goals scored so far. We don't see it happening here. We don't think they get their first win. We like Wolves to get the result on the road. And uh, with the protection of the draw, no bet, plus 105 is a solid number there, and that's what we're riding as our pod lock this week. Yeah, 6-2 and two on the year. Uh, Two-game two game winning streak after a little stumble there. So game of the week is hot, people. Yeah, game of the week is hot. We're looking to keep it hot here with Wolves. Um, aside from that, look at happyhoursports.net. We, we're posting things on there weekly now. We, as Scotty mentioned, we have the, the betting previews for both the Milan and Arsenal matches. Our pod lock is here. Uh, and also on our Patreon page, we've been posting our Premier League and Serie A 
uh, patron-only picks. And uh, Serie A, where Nick and I are on fire. Scotty holding his own in the Premier League. So plenty of great content there for just a couple dollars a month. So check it out. Uh, the link's in our Twitter page. And it's just, you know, same, same name, Kicks Picks Podcast. So we thank you all for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 